This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is Vancouver Consumer on 980 CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and we are going to talk to the folks behind the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. They're celebrating the long weekend with a free concert tonight. We'll hear about that and all the things they have planned for this fall season. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. And it's just a drop in the bucket if you consider the cost of the op- opioid epidemic in BC. All the health care costs, not to mention the loss of life. Uh, But the pharmaceutical company Purdue Canada has reached a $150 million settlement with the B.C. government over their role in the crisis. Attorney General David Eby says the settlement is the largest reached in Canada related to a health care claim acting on behalf of all other governments in Canada. The province sued more than 40 drug makers and retailers in a class action lawsuit against Big Pharma's sales and the marketing and promotion of opioid-based medications. A prosecutor has thrown out the fines of over $11,000 for a Qualicum Beach couple who crossed into Canada at the Peace Arch border crossing without the necessary COVID PCR tests. Charles and Susan Lee returned from California without their negative test results. They were having trouble getting them because of lab delays. It was right at the height of the Omicron wave. Of COVID. And this was all as Susan was having increased stomach pain and needed to go to the hospital. So obviously, they wanted to get over the border because they wanted that hospital to be here in Canada. Charles says the Crown dropped the fines after receiving proof of their delayed negative results, which became known three days after they came home. He says they tried very hard in the U.S. to get a lab test in time, but as I say, it was right in the height of the Omicron wave, and that was not easy. The American Heart Association is adding sleep to its checklist for overall heart health. The checklist used to be called Life's Simple 7, but they've decided to rename it Life's Essential 8 with the addition of a good night's sleep to the list. Up until now, the seven keys to cardiovascular health were listed as diet, physical activity, not smoking, body mass index, cholesterol, blood glucose, and blood pressure, which are all health behaviors with factors that are also associated with sleep duration. The AHA says optimal sleep contributes to positive cardiovascular health overall. And it was a huge tech anniversary this past week. It was 15 years ago, this past Wednesday, that the first iPhone went on sale. And it's hard to overestimate just how transformative the iPhone has been to all of our lives. In fact, I think I just got a text right now. Back then, in 2007, though, most of us were using flip phones, and a few of the hardcore types were texting on their Blackberries. But the iPhone changed it all, ushering in a new era of internet surfing, music streaming, picture taking, and app downloads, stuff we just take for granted nowadays. But it didn't happen all at once because the internet was still relatively new in 2007. 
and social media was just starting. But it all happened 15 years ago this past week, the uh, introduction of the iPhone. This is Vancouver Consumer. I hope you're having a great long weekend. Uh, There's a great event happening tonight that you can be a part of for free. It's the Symphony at Sunset at Sunset Beach in Vancouver. The Vancouver Symphony Orchestra performing live. And as I say, it's free. And coming up next, we'll talk to the people behind the VSO about that show and what else the symphony has in store for us this summer and coming up in the fall. That's next when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. I'm Martin Strong. Vancouver Consumer continues on 980 CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And you know, the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra is something we here in the Lower Mainland can be very proud of. They are celebrating uh, their 104th year here as one of the longest running symphony orchestras in Canada. Plus, they're the only symphony in Canada to have presented uninterrupted seasons these past two years, despite the pandemic. And now they've got some really exciting stuff planned, not only for this fall, for the new season, but for this summer as well, including a big free show tonight that we will be talking about that you can see for free. And with me now from the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, Angela Elster is the CEO and president of the VSO and the VSO School of Music. Hi, Angela. Hi there, Martin. Great to be on your show. Thanks for this opportunity. Uh, you're very welcome. And also with me is uh, the man with the baton, Otto Tausk, the VSO Music Director. Hi, Otto. Hi, nice to be here. Great. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about everything that the VSO has planned uh, coming up this summer, but I want to get this out of the way. First of all, by the way, if people want more information, go to vancouversymphony.ca, vancouversymphony.ca, and you can also get the new VSO app. It works with Apple and Android devices. But I want to talk about this concert tonight. It's a special free concert, the Symphony at Sunset, at Sunset Beach in Vancouver. And I'll start with you, Angela. Um, How important is it to you to get the VSO out into the community, into, you know, a, a free show like this? It's so important. Central to our mission is to connect with our community. And of course, as we all know, our community has been in isolation for far too long. We launched Symphony at Sunset for the very first time celebrating our 100th anniversary. And now, as you've already said, Martin, it's 104 years old, (laughs) and it's high time that we celebrate the power of music with everyone at Sunset Beach today. We're so excited. Our first Sunset Beach concert attracted 15,000 people, and we expect the crowds are here today, and there will be even more. The weather is definitely participating. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, and and you guys look great for 104, I have to say. I know. <laughs> yeah, oh, we sound got... great for 104. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you, Otto, Otto Tausk, the, the VSO music director, um, artistically, what is it like for you to hear the symphony outside, especially, not just outside in the open air, but, you know, in that spectacular backdrop of Sunset Beach? Um, How important is that for you? Well, for me, it's really important to be out there and and be open to everyone who wants to come to the the symphony and listen to our music and just be able to 
to join us without having to travel or go to the go to the hall or or buy a ticket. Just come and enjoy music. And I always find with outdoor concerts that gives a really special atmosphere. People people are very relaxed and they're really enjoying the music, and that reflects on the orchestra and the soloist and myself as well. I I get some extra kind of energy. Some it's it's a kind of extra freedom, and you hear that in the music. Now, of course. Outdoors is is a challenge acoustically, but we have great uh, technicians and um, we have a great um, uh, venue where, where, as you say, one of the uh, well, one of the most beautiful places in the world, I guess. Um, I'm a, I'm a big lover of of water and the ocean, so I'm I'm always in- incredibly excited to to make music close to the water. Um, so I think I think this this. Um, um, this place and this opportunity to be so open to the community and and uh, and just have that gift and that power of music for everyone is just so exciting and uh, it, it, it it always gives me incredible amount of energy. Yeah, and I guess every symphony in every different city has its own its own kind of signature, its own its own identity. And I guess Otto for Vancouver, I mean, you mentioned the ocean, and I I know that you swim in the ocean a lot. Uh, so how would you describe the, you know, the the unique sensibility of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra? Well, that's actually a really interesting question because because I think I think the the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra is a really unique orchestra in the world. Um, first of all, because of the way it's set up with the school of music that we have. So we have this through um, education and through our connection with teaching, we have this incredibly um, uh, close connection to our community and to and to the young people making music. I think that's one of the very, very, very important things of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. And then what is the identity, musically speaking, of the orchestra? And I think you can find that in, in, in diversity, in the, in the broad sense of... All the all the kinds of music that we play, we are we are an orchestra um, and an organization that um, um, we play mu- music of hundred years ago, and we also play contemporary music. We have collaborations with indigenous uh, musicians. We have uh, contemporary composers writing new music for us. We have great soloists, world-class soloists that love to come to Vancouver, um, like a violinist next season coming to our orchestra, coming to Vancouver, uh, uh, Itza Perlman is one of, the, one of the most famous soloists ever. And he just loves coming to Vancouver because he feels, he feels this connection with the orchestra and he feels the connection with the audience. And I, I think that's what makes the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra really special as well. And we have a special guest today too, don't we? We have a special guest today as well. We have we have a um, a specialist um, of the um, bandoneon, which is it's the most important instrument for um, uh, let's say the tango music, the tango scene. It's um, it's music that is um, um, inspired by. Argentinian composer uh, Astor Piazzolla, um, and it's played by Karl Krajenhoff. He happens to be a, um, a, a Dutchman like me, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and I, I've known him for a long time. But he is a world famous bandoneon player. So tonight our program will be all around Latin music, inspired Latin music. We will play um, uh, uh, excerpts from um, Carmen, the opera by Bizet which is situated in Spain, will play De Faya, um, but we'll also play these tangos with Karol Krajanov, and he has brought his pianist, Juan Pablo, who will um, 
um, who will who will also join us for all those wonderful, um, well, let's say um, uh, sensitive, sensual, and um, uh, exciting um, Latin sounds. So is dancing acceptable at dancing. Sunset Beach? <laughs> dancing is recommended. Absolutely, at Sunset Beach. Oh, I, I'd go as far as to say it's mandatory, but, but maybe <laughs> yeah. that's a little, maybe that's a, too much to ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the show is the Symphony at Sunset, and I believe it starts at 6.30 tonight at Sunset Beach in Vancouver. Correct. Correct. This yeah. is a wonderful, I think the other piece that's really important for us to mention in terms of this signature program, Symphony at Sunset, is, is a co-production with the City of Vancouver and the Vancouver Park Board, and... Um, it tells us so much about how we are all aligned, that the beauty of Vancouver, the beauty of BC is central to the work that we do and the connection that we have with music. And um, yes, the School of Music begins the Prelude concert this evening at 6.30, although right now in the creativity tent, there's, there are instruments there for students or children, youth, families to explore, so all day, we're here at Sunset Beach. But at 6.30, our youth ensemble, Sinfonietta and Intermezzo, will be playing selections from Kung Fu Panda and The Incredibles. <laughs> so it's going to be so exciting to start with that. Then we take a break, and then at 8 o'clock, Maestro Tausk steps onto the podium and we are so proud to be partnered with the City of Vancouver, the Park Board, and also it's important for us to say that the entire province, the government of BC, supports our affordable and accessible programming, and this is free to the public, so it's definitely affordable and it's definitely accessible. Yeah, and it's free, as you say, the Symphony and at Sunset free. at Sunset Beach. And also, I should mention, two weeks from tonight, it's the Symphony at the Park at Deer Lake Park in Burnaby. That's July 16th. And you mentioned accessible, Angela. Um, and I think a lot of people, they think of the symphony, and if they, they haven't had much experience with the symphony, they might be a little intimidated by it. But they shouldn't be, should they? I mean, you mentioned Kung Fu Panda. They do the, the Star Wars program. And it's, it's all about accessibility, isn't it? It really is. Accessibility, not only in, as we say, a free concert or affordable concert, but accessibility to where we are in our own love of music, wherever we are. So July 6th and 7th, we have Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. July 8th and 9th is the very famous Princess Bride. And these are all films in concert. So a live symphony orchestra, the VSO, performing live while the film is playing. And I believe for um, Princess Bride, it's the first time the composer's unforgettable score has been specifically arranged for symphony. It's, it's really exciting. Wow. Yeah, and by, by the way, I, I, just, I just realized that actually tonight, with this bandoneon player, Karl Kreinov, we'll be playing um, the, the, the film music theme of, of a movie that, that I don't know if, if, if listeners have actually seen that movie. I have. It's been a while ago, but it's one of my favorite movies. It's called Il Postino, The Postman. And there's right. a beautiful bandoneon melody in, in, in that movie. And, and Carl will play, that, will play that melody. So I'm sure that everyone who loves that, who loves that movie should definitely come to the concert. That's really exciting. And I think also, Martin, accessibility... Um, refers to the diversity which Otto has been speaking about. And for example, at the Deer Lake concert, 
on July 16th. We're so looking forward to that. The prelude concert of the school is the Azalea Chinese Music Ensemble, and our creativity tent will be filled with traditional Chinese instruments for people to explore and learn about. So there's such a diverse range that the VSO has to offer. Mm-hmm. And Otto, as as a, a music director and as somebody who's been a conductor for so long, what's an mm-hmm. odd odd thing that you love to to have performed that people might not know about? You know, something that's surprising. To have an odd thing. Oh, that's yeah. Just, like, is there like a like a Bugs Bunny score or something that you like to do? <laughs> um, wow. I put you on the spot. Well, I'm just, I'm just because most of the most of the most of the repertoire that I conduct, I know really well. So I, I somehow I always imagine that everyone knows it well, but of course that's not the case. Um, I think I think actually um, I find su- surprises in every kind of music that I do, and I'm 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 always learning new scores. And um, if 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 I can actually jump a little bit ahead to our next season, our 22-23 season. Um, it's, it's kind of connected to what we've already been speaking about, um, which is actually the, um, which is nature. Nature being so close to the city of Vancouver, our Sunset Beach concert tonight being right uh, at, at the beach. We have the 22-23 season actually following that line through the entire season, connecting it um, to nature, to the world around us. And... Um, uh, one of the things uh, we've done is that um, we've asked uh, composers to, to write music about the connection between um, music and nature. And we have a fantastic trumpet player uh, in the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, Marcus Goddard, and he's written uh, a piece called Life Emerging, uh, which, um, which will actually be, be performed as well uh, in November and uh, at the end of the season, so it will be a part one and a part two. And oh, that's a- so that's new music um, all uh, around this theme of nature and our relationship to nature and taking care of the environment and how, how can music be a part of the way we think about the world around us. And I'm pretty sure, just coming back to your question, what's the odd thing uh, you'll be conducting? I think this, this is also completely new to me. This, I have not seen one note uh, on paper yet uh, of those two programs, but I'm pretty sure they will be really exciting because I have all the, the faith in, in the composers we ask to write for us. Right. Otto Tausk is the VSO Music Director, along with Angela Elster, the CEO and President of the VSO and the VSO School of Music. And we're talking about what they have planned, including tonight's big symphony at sunset at Sunset Beach in Vancouver, absolutely free. And we'll have more with them and the VSO when we return right after this. Vancouver Consumer continues on 980 CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and it is my pleasure to have a couple of guests from the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. Angela Elster is the CEO and president of the VSO and the VSO School of Music, and Otto Tausk, the VSO Music Director. And uh, I mentioned earlier, you can go to vancouversymphony.ca to find out everything you need to know about the VSO. And you can even get an app for your phone, the VSO app. It works with all Apple and Android devices. And we've been talking about a special free concert tonight. Um, it's There's all sorts of things going on even right now. The, the, the 
regular program starts at 630. It's the Symphony at Sunset at Sunset Beach in Vancouver. And uh, I, I guess I, I want to talk about the, the history of the VSO, but also about how you've dealt with this pandemic. And it's something to be really proud of because, as I mentioned earlier, the VSO, 104 years old, but you are the only symphony in Canada that was able to keep the doors open and have a regular program throughout COVID. That's that's something to be commended. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Thanks, Martin. Um, in fact, I think Otto and I will never forget the moment. We were in the middle of our Beethoven Fest, and we were playing at the Commodore for the first time with audience members interspersed and Otto wow. standing on a, on a, on a bar table. on a bar table <laughs> conducting, and we had no idea that the very next day we would be closed down with COVID. And we decided for the first time in 102 years uh, to live stream. And Otto took the podium, and we live streamed for the first time. How was that for you, it, Otto? It was an incredible moment because so Angela was talking about the Commodore concert. I don't think I've ever been. I've ever, I've ever participated in a concert where the audience and the musicians were so close to each other. Musicians were sitting in between the orchestra, like next to a trumpet or next to a violin. And the next day, we, we, we heard, you cannot have any audiences anymore. You have to be just the orchestra on stage. So that was a huge, that was a huge change. And, 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 and we decided immediately that we had to keep on playing um, and we had to find new ways of doing this. And, and so we ended up playing for an empty hall. And I don't know if you can imagine this, but it's, it's it, always at the, at the end of a concert, there's a kind of um, uh, release of tension or, 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 or relaxation when the audience applauds and where there's, there's like when the music is finished. And it's, 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 it's a wonderful and inspiring moment to feel that connection to the audience. Now, this time we played Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, and it, it ends, ends with a big bang, and there was complete <laughs> silence. This, and this silence kind of was the, was the beginning of the COVID period, um, the, the pandemic period that we had to go through. And we had to reinvent almost everything that we were doing. Um, but Angela and, 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 and myself, we, we immediately realized that um, we had to keep on making music. There was no way the music was going to stop because of a pandemic. Um, but, of course, we had to keep our distance to each other. Um, we had to find ways of doing this online. Um, and, and, and somehow we managed. And, you know, to be really honest, it was so challenging and so new. And we had to be so creative in how to keep the music alive, I think we all learned a great deal. And not only in organizing or figuring out how to reach our audiences through, through the computer, but also how to keep on believing in music, how to keep on uh, supporting each other as an orchestra, as an orchestra member as well. And, and, and I, think, I think the orchestra has actually grown, and this sounds strange, but has actually grown a lot because of the challenges we faced. Absolutely. And I think our, our mission, which is to create, curate, and connect irresistible musical experiences, was the foundation of our energy throughout all of COVID, not only for our musicians and our organization, but because we feel deeply connected to the public. And there was never a time, in my view, where the public needed music more than ever as they were in isolation sad, afraid, 
not knowing what the future would hold. And music has this incredible power to elevate the soul, to heal, and to help us connect as human beings. So we were totally committed to that, and we produced 40 concerts online on theconcerthall.ca, which is now VSO Online. And as we began to slowly open in 21-22, we continued that online, uh, but of course... We, we shine our spotlight. Our North Star is live the live performance experience, which we will experience tonight at 8 o'clock with thunderous applause from our public, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, the Symphony at Sunset at Sunset Beach in Vancouver. And as you say, there's a lot of events going on now, and the, the actual program begins at 6.30, and uh, it sounds great. I, I, I think it's ironic that the night before everything got locked down, you were at the Commodore. Because to yeah, me, yeah. The, Com- the Commodore is like, I saw so many formative concerts there, rock concerts. I saw the Tragically Hip there. I saw the Ramones there. And, mm-hmm. and it's so intimate. And, and I guess that's part of, of the VSO's mission is to get out there and touch people and have them sit right there. I think that's great. Yeah, we want to be rock stars. <laughs> I, I love that. So, so Otto, as a, you know, as an, I, I don't want to call you an expert. That's, that's such a dry term, but you're someone who, mm-hmm. who lives and breathes classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What do you say to people? Like I'm a person, I love classical music. I'm, I'm still a little bit of a tourist in that world and I'm learning mm-hmm. new things all the time. Like what's your advice for people uh, uh, who, who want to, delve a little deeper into classical music um if that well, makes sense. I, I, it my, 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 well my first my first advice would be just come to a live concert because you will actually experience something that you cannot experience anywhere else music can be very touching music can be um relaxing but it can also be really exciting and the best way to experience this is 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 live a live, the sound of a live symphony orchestra, well, it, it's, for me, it's the most beautiful thing around, but um, uh, especially if you don't really know it, um, I, 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 the, the best thing I can recommend is not to be, um, not to be uh, hesitant to, to things you don't know, because I'm pretty sure in every program we, we play, there will be something uh, you like. But we do have actually what is called the Discovery Package, um, perhaps you can uh, uh, explain what the discovery package actually is. Yes, this is brand new for our 22-23 season, and it's a series of uh, very well-known and comfortable classical works to introduce the public to those themes. And many of them have been chosen because you'd recognize them as being in a movie or in in you know in a TV show, and, and so you'll suddenly say, oh, "I've heard that before." So it's a very um, you know, an, a very invitational uh, and safe way to be introduced to classical music. Yeah. But as Otto says, I, I, I'm guaranteeing anyone who comes to any of our concerts in the Orpheum or across the Lower Mainland, for instance, at the Bell Center um, or in North Van, wherever we perform, um, it's a unique experience to sit in your seat and be enveloped by live music. It's, it's so elevating. Yeah, and I, I, I also believe that some people might have actually never experienced classical music before, um, but I really believe that anyone who comes to a concert will find something that she or he likes. Uh, so so I, I think even though perhaps a lot of people have never really 
um, have this connection to classical music um, because of many reasons, I'm pretty sure that anyone who goes to a concert will actually enjoy it. So that's Mm -hmm. something I, I really believe in. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching, uh, I think it was a TV show. I can't even remember the show, but the Claire de Lune was in it. And uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I sh- shazammed it on my phone because I, I, it was so, uh, 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 I know it really well, but I didn't know much about it. And, uh, and I've since listened to it over and over and over again. And it, but it's so recognizable to me and it's so beautiful. And, and I think for most people, there's a lot of those um, melodies that they know really well. I think that's great. And it's, Otto, I, I want to ask you. It's actually funny. No, Martin, it's actually really funny you mentioned that Claire de Lune because I've been, uh, my kids have been watching a show the last couple of weeks and suddenly I wasn't watching, but I just heard the music and it was Claire de Lune actually. And, they, <laughs> and, and my kids, my kids said, this is gorgeous music. And I said, well, hang on, that's an arrangement because actually it's not for orchestra, but it's for piano. But, um, um, but but the stupid thing is, like you, I can't really remember the name of the show right now. <laughs> yeah, the music speaks. I, but the music speaks. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I hear. I mean, that's where I get a lot of uh, classical music uh, ideas to listen to or, or TV mm. shows. And I want to ask you, Otto, the difference between listening to music uh, electronically, like through speakers or in your car or something, and hearing it live. How yes. how, how important is that? Well I, well, I think there's a big difference. I, I, I do like to listen to, to the radio, and I do like to listen to recordings, and I, I, I think there, there's a, there, it's, it, that's a great enjoyment also. Um, but having, having a symphony orchestra play live, you, you are f- much more in connection with the sound, to experience sound live and to see musicians on stage producing moment, uh, music at that very moment. Is, is something special. I, I always believe that music is, is something that happens at one certain moment and it will never be repeated the same way. And if you, if you go to a concert, if you experience music live, you will, you will take with you an experience that you will, you will cherish inside yourself. Um, and, and it's a unique experience. Of course, I just love music, so you can, you can always uh, wake me up to play some kind of uh, CD for me. But, but being there live at a concert is, is, a really, is a really different experience. And a collective yeah. experience. Yeah. We all feel, yes. we feel yeah. it at the same time, right? Yeah. 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 And a collective and it's also, exp- also for the musicians. It's also the other way around. I, 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 and, and this is something we've experienced during the pandemic, is that when you play music on stage and there's an audience listening, and sometimes you hear like the, 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 the sweets, the papers of the sweets, you hear them crackling, <laughs> and you think, oh, oh my goodness, they're, they're, they're distracted, they're bored. And you, and you try to find another way to engage the audience, and then sometimes it's, it's so silent that you know that everyone is, is just, completely into the music and, 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 and concentrated and listening and, and there with you um, it, it, with what is happening. And this, and this flow of music, like, like the flow of, of nature, like, like the waves in the ocean, th- that's the same thing that happens when, when, when it really works at a concert. Right. And you can hear that and experience that right beside the ocean. 
tonight, uh, starting at 6.30. And uh, actually, you can go there a little bit earlier because there's other things going on. It's the Symphony at Sunset at Sunset Beach in Vancouver, the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. It's absolutely free. And they also have the Symphony at the Park two weeks from tonight at Deer Lake Park in Burnaby, July 16th. And uh, I want to wish you all the luck. People can go to vancouversymphony.ca for more information. Get the new VSO app. And uh, Angela Elster, the CEO, and Otto Tausk, the music director of the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. I want to thank you. It's been so much fun talking to you. Thanks, Martin. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be with you today. And we hope to see you at Sunset Beach or Deer Lake or any time in the concert hall. Thank you so much. See you at the concert hall. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Otto Tausk and Angela Elster. The Symphony at Sunset tonight, 6.30, Sunset Beach in Vancouver. This is Vancouver Consumer and still to come, how do you know those priceless paintings you're looking at on the walls of a museum are real? Apparently you don't. That story is coming up next. I'm Martin Strong. Vancouver Consumer continues on 980 CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Hope you're having a great long weekend. And if you're one of those people who likes to spend their long weekend in an art museum, you might be interested in this. I don't think you have to worry about it when you go to the Vancouver Art Gallery. But how do you know that the priceless historical paintings you're looking at are real and not fake? A museum in, where else, Florida, the Orlando Museum of Art, is now facing some questions after the FBI raided the museum and seized 25 paintings attributed to artist Jean-Michel Basquiat. His works are really valuable. Uh, One of his paintings sold in 2017 for just over 110 million bucks. Art crimes investigators have been looking into the paintings since shortly after they were found in an old Los Angeles storage locker in 2012, years after Basquiat died in 1988 from a drug overdose. He was only 27 years old. Questions about whether or not these Basquiat's were fakes emerged almost immediately after their discovery, but the CEO of the Orlando Museum of Art, Aaron DeGroft, repeatedly insisted that the art was legitimate. He's no longer the CEO. It's not clear if he quit or was fired. And as I mentioned, a Jean-Michel Basquiat painting sold for 110 million bucks, but that actually barely makes the top 20 list of the most expensive paintings in the world. That list includes Edvard Munch's The Scream. You know that one, the guy on the bridge holding his head in his hands like the kid from Home Alone. Uh, The Scream was painted in 1893, and in 2012 it sold for $119 million. Also on this list of the top 20, there's a couple of Jackson Pollock's, Modigliani, Roy Lichtenstein. Pablo Picasso only made it to the number eighth spot. His Les Femmes d'Alger sold for $197 million. In the top three, there's a Cezanne for $250 million, uh, a de Kooning at number two for $300 million, and the number one most expensive painting ever sold is by Leonardo da Vinci, and it's not the one you're thinking of. It's a painting called Savior of the World, a depiction of Jesus holding a crystal orb that sold for $450 million. The painting was done around the same time as da Vinci created the Mona Lisa in the early 1600s, but that one, of course, is not for sale. Uh, It's for everyone to see at the Louvre 
and lately throw pies at for some reason. Uh, this one was actually not known to exist until it was found in 2005. Uh, somebody bought it for $10,000, restored it, and was finally able to prove that it was a Da Vinci original. So this savior of the world painting uh, went from 10000 bucks to $450 million. Not a bad investment. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and I want you to enjoy the rest of your long weekend. Uh, Vancouver Consumer is here every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. I also want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho. We'll see you next week. The news is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.